We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com, and I'm joined today by our football analyst, Vince D'Addario. So, Vince, I was able to catch you on a day where you don't have a game. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so I uh, wanted to get your get your thoughts. I want to talk today. We're going to talk about some spring ball, but we want to focus on the defense. And we're going to focus on what we've seen from the highlights so far and then mm-hmm. some sort of things that we're hearing. Yeah. So I want to begin Vince by prefacing this with these are three minute highlight videos from four practices that are like an hour and a half long each. Right. So right. there's only so much we're going to get, but I think <laughs> we've been doing this a long time that I do think there's certain things that we look for in these videos that maybe aren't just like, Oh, this guy threw a long pass. And those are the things that we're looking for. So we're going to talk about just general impressions dive into some of the specific things that we're seeing that lead us to, you know, give us at least a little bit of a tiny little glimpse into mm-hmm. what Marcus Freeman is going to be doing defensively at Notre Dame. And then we'll kind of talk about some specific positions. So Vince, you've broken down all four of the videos. Yep. Uh, you've watched them all. Just kind of share with us just def- when we look at the defense, what are some of the things that you've noticed just general impressions from what we've seen from the, these practice videos. And as, as you're talking, obviously we'll have these uh, for those watching on YouTube. Uh, we'll have some practice videos rolling here as we go too. So go ahead, Vince, just kind of share some of the things that you're seeing from, from these practice videos. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, it, it has been, you know, defensively, I, I feel like there hasn't been a drop off that we we're seeing the team fly around. We're seeing them get into the backfield, which I love. I mean, uh, I, I see this team playing with a little bit more reckless abandon, I think, maybe than we've seen in the past. Um, and, and I mean that in a good way, <laughs> of course. Um, 
I feel bad for uh, Sebo Flemister. He, he's getting <laughs> pounded in the backfield by this yeah. defense. It seems like in the in the clips that we're able to watch. Um, but no, the defense is everywhere. I mean, they're, they're getting into the backfield. Um, I like the coverage that I'm seeing from the safety position. Um, I, the, the linebackers seem to be. You can tell that they're not thinking as much. They're more mm-hmm. reacting uh, from what they see, which is what you want from your linebackers. Uh, I, I've been very impressed with what we've seen overall from the defense. Uh, you know, again, it's these three minute videos from an hour and a half long practice. So you get what you can get from it. Um, but what they're sharing with us, I really like what I see. We get a lot of 11 on 11 uh, stuff in these videos, which you're seeing right now. Um, but what I'm seeing really gets me excited for what this defense can be. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Now, Vince, we've also seen some interesting alignments. So things that we've seen from these practices, number one, we definitely have seen three, three looks. No question. Yes. Straight three down, three linebackers. Yes. Right. Now, what we've also seen are some differences from how they get there. Mm -hmm. And, And what I mean by that is we've seen some, it looks to be three, three, five type of personnel, but we've also seen... 425 personnel, uh, which for Notre Dame has been more of a 43 personnel, I guess is what I should say. Uh, 43 personnel. <clears throat> and I believe we've seen some clips of 34 personnel. Now, what that means is not that they line up in a 3-4, but it's essential what the personnel is. Three down right. linemen, four linebackers, four DBs. Mm-hmm. And so getting to your 335 alignment from a 3-4 personnel, meaning there's three linebackers sort of stacked, and then that rover-type position, which would, we would assume would be a rover-type, is also a linebacker. Right. So we're seeing a lot of different – and then, of course, we've seen four two, pure 4-2-5 like we've seen in the past. So we're definitely seeing so far through just four practices, and that's, I guess, what surprised me and why it's uh, worth talking about is we're four practices in, and we've already seen all that. Right. And that's, that tells me that, that – being versatile is something that that isn't just lip service to Marcus Freeman, and and it's not just what he did at Cincinnati because he had to, but it's something he truly believes in. And and it's very early in spring practice, so the fact that he already is able to get a lot of those things in mm-hmm. means it's very important. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand how coaches put how how they install their defense, their offense. The important stuff comes in first. It, mm-hmm. it, the, the stuff that is going to be your identity is the stuff that goes in first. Mm -hmm. The stuff that goes in after that is kind of not the window dressing, but it's the extra, right? I mean, it's the stuff that comes off of your base stuff. right? And so I I think that that, that's kind of the point that you were getting at is like Mm -hmm. that stuff is in right now. The foundation is in, right? Yeah, that's going to be his foundation. And I think that's really really important for people to understand. The foundational stuff is what goes in first. And we've already seen all the multiplicity of formations and things, um, even in these three-minute videos. Because, look, right. the reality is if somebody wants to scout Notre Dame, they can get their hands on these three-minute videos, okay? Right. So and, it's and, not going to be no, – no coach in America is is making like th- – because just knowing, well, they're three, three, five. Oh no. Well, yeah, you saw that at Cincinnati. Right. They already have like 12 right. games worth exactly. of – 34, you know. They're not so, hiding the fact that they're going to be multiple is what right. I'm saying. They've like, said – to your yeah. yes, exactly. I'm agreeing with that because – there are yeah. some people like, why are, you know, why are you giving away? Look, they're put. It's in the videos that they're made <laughs> open right. to the public, right? Uh, you, you know, and it's it's things that they've seen and it's things that they've said they're going to do. 
So it's right. not a surprise that, that there's another play of Shane Simon filling, which I've been encouraged by seeing a lot of that. But it's it's one thing to say it, Vince, and it's another thing to do it. And to your no point, question. we're four practices in. All they're doing right now is laying the foundation. Right. It, it is. They're just laying that nice, you know, we're in Indiana, so we have basements, you know, that nice, you know, lower level concrete foundation. Right. That's what they're laying. And that foundation is going to be made up of multiplicity, versatility, mm-hmm. throwing a lot of different looks. We've seen them line up in – in three, three alignments with, and there's an example of it right there. Uh, from what I can tell, nuts number 44, Devin Upow, he is a viper. Look where he's attacking from. He's attacking from the second, second level. level. That's right. So, you know, that that's, again, it's another example of that's a different look. And, and I love it. It's so much harder to prepare for a team that's going to, because here's what Ex- Marcus Explain Freeman's that doing. real quick, Brian, because I, I want people to understand the Viper is a defensive end. Here, here's he's an, coming yeah. from the second level. Right. Here's a here's an example of a three-down look, right? So what that means is, is so when we talk about the Viper coming from the second level, defense is basically made into three levels, and it's kind of cheating because technically the corners are part of the second level, but we count them as a third level. That's true. But, but essentially yeah. the defensive line is the first level, and that could mean a, a linebacker's walked up at the line of scrimmage. He'd be part of that first level. And if a lineback- if a defensive lineman is – lined up four or five yards off the ball, then technically he's on the second level. Mm-hmm. If he's playing over the slot, which we've seen Dalen Hayes do at times, that's the second level. Uh, so that's what it means. And so when we're seeing that him attack, and he was attacking behind one of the ends, it tells me that that's a that's a three, four personnel. And or, or it's a four down, it's a four down personnel, but With they're showing a look. three down yeah. look. And to me, here's here's the interesting thing that we're kind of gathering. That's that three down look that we were that we were showing. Let me get back to actually playing clips. Uh, here's why. Here's what what I what I'm noticing. So we've talked about we've listened to players, Bo Bauer, Xavier Watts, other players have talked about it. Brian Kelly kind of talked a little bit about it, but he he was a little less focused on that. But uh, we, we they've talked about how much easier it is to learn. And what mm-hmm. then we come on this podcast, we're talking about how different and versatility and Thonia's. Here's here's the difference. I, I've always been a believer, and I believe this offensively too. And we've seen we see this at Oklahoma, we see this at Ohio State, we see this at Clemson, we see this at Alabama. They're gonna run a lot of the same concepts over and over and over again. There's not ninety-five thousand different plays. And and I would argue that Notre Dame carried, especially under Chip Long, I don't I don't know about it this year, but under Chip Long, they carried a lot of offense in the games. Meaning there's mm-hmm. a lot of different plays that, to, that they can run. Right. Well, the only plays you have on your play on your play sheet in games are stuff that you've practiced, right? Right. And so what they would do is there wasn't a ton of even this year for all the twelve and thirteen, there wasn't a ton of versatility to how Notre Dame lined up. That, I mean, they ju- there just wasn't. We talked about this last week where the tight, the number two and number three tight ends didn't run as many routes and things like that. So th- there's there was a lot of versatility. There's a lot of packages and concepts and those types of things. Right. That's a lot more for players to learn. I'm a believer in run in college, run less stuff out of different looks. Absolutely. And that's what Oklahoma does. That's what Alabama does. That's what Ohio State does. That's what Clemson does. And Notre Dame, to me, has been so focused on having all these different calls, especially in the past game, and these different checks and audibles and all this kind of stuff. And it, at times, can make you not, as a player, not react as quickly because you're thinking so much. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing from Marcus Freeman is – he is focused on the versatility that the different things they're doing are more of how are we going to line up? Where are we going to attack from? 
what are we going to show three, 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 this play three, four, that play four, two, five, the next nickel package. And then from those, sometimes we're in four, two, five personnel, sometimes in four, three personnel, sometimes we're in, and that matters because if you're in a three, three look with Isaiah Foskey lining up as one of your linebackers, that's going to look a lot different and give you a lot more options than when you're doing that. And Isaiah Foskey's a down lineman and you have three linebackers in the field. And that's going to look a lot different if you have a 3-3 with four linebackers on the field compared to a 3-3 with five DBs on the field. Yep. And so the calls aren't going to change a ton, but who you're going to who you're going to attack with is going to determine by who's on the field. Right. What that also does is when you mix up your personnel that way, then you can have more players that are how do I say this? It's sort of they, their their niche is going to be a, a fo- more focused, which is what a niche is, obviously, as opposed to, hey, in order to play, you have to know everything. Right. Uh, it's more of a, hey, you do this really well. So when we're in these looks, we can play you in these looks Correct. because you can do this thing very well. So it gives you more flexibility personnel It gets different guys on the field, yeah. I defensively, mean. as a coordinator and as players, there's not as much to learn. But when you're looking at it from an offensive point of view, it looks like a lot of stuff and that's what makes it challenging. And so you can run one pass concept out of five different per- combinations of personnel right. or uh, a formation <laughs> or alignment or whatever. And to the defense, right. they can't, they can't handle those all five the same way. Number one, number two, there's not as many tells. Well, we don't, we, they run that play out of all types of different concepts. And then some, some, alignments they only run certain plays and other alignments say certain plays but when you you get down to it it's you have to prepare for a lot of different things and i think we're seeing that defensively as well where marcus freeman is focused on showing defenses or offenses a lot more stuff pre-snap and not making the players have to think as much post-snap right and i think that's something that i've been able to observe uh from these practices as well and it's a very encouraging thing to see and it's it's again it's not a shot at clark lee clark lee did a no. phenomenal job at Absolutely. it's just different yes correct. and to me it's the best way that when you get in those really big games if you recruit the right kind of players and you get in those really big games it's the best way to allow you to match up but the other thing is it gives you more flexibility from a week to week standpoint when you play different types of teams that's the other part is yep. You can match up against North Carolina and USC one week who are going to spread the field and throw it. They're both air raids. USC is going to throw it a million times. North Carolina is going to be more balanced. And you you have to be flexible enough to defend them both. And then in between, you know, then right before those teams, you're playing Wisconsin. And then a few weeks after that, you're playing Navy. Mm -hmm. And to me, having this type of versatility built into your you know, to your core DNA as a defense makes it so much easier for you. It, it, let's say you get to the playoff and then one week you're playing Clemson and they are a college spread team. They are a pure spread team. And then the next week you're playing Ohio State in the top for the title and they're more of a pro style spread team or you're playing Alabama and they're a pro style offense or you're playing Oklahoma and they're an air raid. There are four teams that are elite scoring teams, but they all attack really differently. Mm-hmm. When you have this kind of flexibility, it makes it so much easier to just kind of, okay, what are we doing this week against sure. what they do? And that's what I really like about what we've seen so far from the defense fence. Going into the spring, you and I talked about all kinds of different position battles. And there were, there was a bunch. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to rehash. Still are. There still are. And that that's kind of where I want to go with this, Brian. I know you 
have talked to some sources and, and you, you've been kind of in touch with some people. Um, so I want to I want to hit on a couple of those uh, right now, if that works for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. l- let's start at the cornerback position, because from what I'm able to gather, I think this one's still pretty wide open. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing we know about cornerback is can- Clarence Lewis is playing somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I think where Clarence is going to play might be determined by who else steps up. Okay. And and we talked about this in a podcast last week, and, and I think that maybe some people misunderstand it, understood it, understand it. Wow. Okay. Um, it's been a long, <laughs> long week already, and it's Tuesday. Uh, so it's misunderstood to say, like, when we talk about, you know, Tariq Bracey needs to step up and play well because he's their best cover player. That doesn't mean that Tariq Bracey is going to, push Clarence Lewis out of the lineup. Right. It means that Tariq Bracey may play the field corner position, which frees you up to move Clarence to the boundary or the nickel, or maybe Tariq plays a nickel. But the reality is, is Tariq is a man cover guy. Clarence is a really good cover guy that is a different type of player. Not better, not worse. But again, I like the versatility of it. And that's why it's important those guys step up. When regards to Tariq, it looks, you know, we've seen in the videos, he's making some plays. He's getting beat at times, but you're going to get sure. it in practice. I've seen Julian right. Love. There was practices. I felt so bad for Julian Love in oh, the, he was getting the hammered spring before spring. 2018. Yeah. Miles Boykin was destroying him on yes. the regular. I mean, yes. it's just going to happen in practice, and especially when you're playing against really good receivers. He's going to get beat sometimes, but we're at least seeing a step up from him, uh, uh, thinking that, and I'm hearing it, you know, he's, Getting back to the old Tariq, he's just got to keep that going and, and keep getting better. Cam Hart, it seems like they're working with him a lot. I mean, they're they're force feeding that thing into the equation. We haven't seen a ton of Philip Riley. I don't believe Ryan Barnes is practicing yet, but so there's still a lot to be determined there. Mm-hmm. But to me, I still view as as Cam Hart and Tariq Bracy are the keys to this. Clarence Lewis is going to play somewhere somehow in some position, right? And so he's not really in a position battle per se. He's just in a okay. One of the dominoes. He's a he's a domino that needs to fall. Well, other dominoes need to fall, but it's like it's like we talked about with Jarrett Patterson, right? Right. We know other things have to get figured out. Right. Yeah. And and like with Clarence, that's one thing I like about him, and that's one of the reasons I had him ranked higher than than a lot of other folks coming out of high school, and why I wrote when he signed that he of all the corners, he was the guy that I thought could be most ready to play because he's a really good football player. But he's not like a traditional boundary that Notre Dame has had in the past, you know, the 6'2 guy or the big physical guy. He's just, but he can play in the boundary because I think he's a good cover player, especially as an off man cover player, which I think you can you can take advantage of more in the boundary, as we saw with Julian Love. Right. Because you got help. Julian you, Love never hardly ever pressed. Right. You've you got help, help with the sideline and the, exactly. You know, absolutely. Yep. And it's also because you have the will there. You You're have the closer Viper, to which the drops yeah, exactly. in the coverage. There's yes. a lot of different things you can do. Yes, it'd be absolutely. great to have a boundary guy that could just line up come up and play press man all the time, but that you don't necessarily need to do that. And I think I think that Clarence's ability to press would be even more effective in the boundary than it would to the field. Gotcha. So anyway, I think he could certainly play that, but you're not going to move him there if you don't have guys stepping up to play Absolutely. the field in the, the the slot corner position. So if Cam Hart plays great, then you could have Clarence playing one of those two spots. But if Cam Hart doesn't play well, or maybe you say, hey, you know what? We really want to go with a true five-man personnel. We're going to put Cam Hart in the slot, and he's going to be that fifth starter there because Tariq Bracey stepped up as the field corner, mm-hmm. and then we're going to put Clarence in the boundary corner. Because wh- that's normally where you put your best corner. Sure. And right now, it's kind of hard to argue that Clarence Lewis right now is their best corner. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of things there that have to be worked out, but so far, so good 
is I guess what I would say with the other two guys is Cam Hart need they need to excuse me they need to throw the kitchen sink at Cam Hart this spring. I agree. And, this is the time to do it. Right. And then and then coach him up on okay, here's why you got beat. Right. Okay. And, and yep. let him he needs to see a million different types of routes this spring. Yep. Because the foundation has been laid. Hey, your corner, here's your footwork, but he's got to learn trial by fire. Yep. And number one, you need to see what kind of confidence he has. And number two, you need to, he needs to see those things. Hey, this, I, every time the guy did this, I, he beat me. So then I got to learn from it, adjust, and then not get beat that way anymore. And so there, that, but that means if they do that, it, and I hope that they are, it, it's mm-hmm. going to mean that he's going to have some, some down days. But that's okay. That's how you learn. Right. And and remember, Julian Love, the year before he was a consensus All-American, uh, had a lot of down days in the spring because he could not cover Chase Boy, Chase Claypool and Miles Boy. And, so and nobody could during the season either. No, so, you know, no. it, it is what right. it is. He right? was in good company. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The one guy that you and I both had on our list of guys that needed to step up uh, in order for the rest of the defense, specifically the safety position, to operate at its best uh, was Houston Griffith. And from the for, for me, what I've seen on video has been solid, has been solid. Um, what are you hearing and, and what are you seeing from Houston Griffith and the safety position? DJ Brown was also a key to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he needs to step up and really be solidly in a that number two spot. Guy, yeah. He has to be, has to be that third guy. So um, what are you hearing? What are you seeing uh, when it comes to the safety position? Well, I think the things we were hoping to hear and see are so far what I'm hearing, which is the safeties are playing a lot more confidently and they're taking full advantage of the fact that Kyle Hamilton is not practicing. And if you see in these clips, you're seeing Kyle Hamilton run off the sideline in in T-shirt and shorts, clapping guys, cheering guys on. He's not practicing. Exactly what you want to see, though, by the way. I mean, correct. I want him engaged mentally with the team and with everything else. Correct, which is a a good point, Vince, because we talked about that before spring practice started, and that's great to see. He's very engaged, and you can be a leader when you're not taking reps, A, when you're as good as Kyle Hamilton, B, when you've already produced as much as Kyle Hamilton, and three, or C, A, B, and three. It's been a long week, man. (laughs) A, and then C. Sorry, that that tickled me. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then C, uh, he's the guy that you're now looking to as one of your veterans. And so you're looking at him as a, as a, as a leader. And so a guy like him with those three things going for him can, can lead from the sideline. Right. And we've talked about the benefits of him being locked into what's happening. So to see him as being the first guy off the sideline to cheer guys mm-hmm. on is, is a great sign, Yep. but it's also been good for, for Houston and DJ to get that work. Litchfield Ajivon's getting a lot of work. Uh, DJ, uh, Justin Walters, the freshman has showed up on several videos uh, and making plays. So that's okay. been good to see. But we for Houston, too, it's yeah. just about it's about confidence and it's about just playing free and playing loose. We're seeing that in videos, talking to people. It's gone well so far. He, he's Good. encouraged by where he's going. He's got to catch a couple of those balls though. He's breaking up, you know. It's, well, you know, he's got to he's got to snatch those. You know, what I mean. But uh, I, I like what I've seen so far from Houston in the in the highlights, and then what I'm hearing behind the scenes. It sounds like so far it's it's been, and that's really been what I've heard. I mean, it's a common theme of a lot of things I'm hearing, Vince is. It's a lot of so far so good, sure. But, but you it's can early. just listen to the players talk in interviews, and you can sense when they're giving us the coached answer. Yeah. And yeah, because they're coached very well before they, they go are. into these things, no doubt. 
and that's what I liked about the Adamiolas. We'll get into them in a minute. I mean, yeah, they were given some of those, but man, they were given some really fresh, like, you know, Hey, I'm, I, I can, I'm a pretty good player and I could do and I, it. Some sounds way more arrogant than they actually said it. We'll have a video up on it today at Irish breakdown. We already had it up so you can check it out, but it's just, you can just tell they're real confident and just real loose and easy. And, and we're seeing a lot of that from the defense and just, yeah. you know, it's again, it's not that it wasn't great under Clark Lee. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And the difference is there is sort of this, this aggressiveness, like, Hey man, once you think once, once you determine what your responsibility is, go do it a hundred miles an hour. Exactly. I and love that's that. what this, that's this next step for this defense. That's what I Clark, want on defense. Yeah. Clark Lee did a great job at the foundations of the technique and the, and, and, and he, he was sure. great at that. But now I think Marcus Freeman can kind of come in and, and say, Hey, let's take a couple of these, you know, these, these cuffs off a little bit and just mm-hmm. let you go run around and play. But the foundation of, lining up correctly and assignment correctness and all that has already been laid by Clark Lee. And he's not eliminating that. He's not saying, Hey, let's not be disciplined. Let's not be sound technique. Let's not line up correctly. He's not doing that. It's within that structure. There needs to be a little, you know, it's a a little organized chaos. Yeah, sure. And and defense, you can't run his defense. If it's always so structured, you, you, there needs to be some moving around and just, just, Hey man, just go. All right, right, just go. If you decide that you're the B gap's your responsibility, if you're wrong, we'll correct it. But you better explode through that B gap 100 miles an hour, and that's what we're seeing more of. And mm-hmm. and we've definitely, Vince, in my opinion, to to what you talked about earlier in the show, we're seeing the linebackers getting right. to the ball at or behind the line of scrimmage yes. a they're, lot. They're meeting the ball. They're they're meeting the ball so much faster, I mm-hmm. think, than they did in the past. And and again, it's not a knock on on Clark Lee. It's just it's a different feeling. It's it's it just looks like they're processing less right. and reacting more. Right. And, and that's what it, you want from a linebacker, it, Vince. It's like comparing Bob Diaco to Clark Lee. Look, Bob Diaco did a great job. Clark sure. Lee did a great job. Mike Elko did a great job. Marcus Freeman's going to do a great job. It, it, there, it's not. It's just let's let's just dispense with the whole. Anytime we say anything <laughs> right. positively about Marcus Freeman, it's not a knock on Clark Lee. Clark yeah. Lee, we have both said the defense is why Notre Dame went twelve and zero in twenty eighteen, and why they went ten and zero this year. No question. The defense is why Notre Dame has been to two of the last three playoffs. This isn't an anti Clark Lee thing. It's just different. It's but it's as good as the defense has been. There is another level they need Absolutely. to get to, and that's why Marcus Freeman was hired. Yes. So let's stop with the. Well, this isn't a shot, but we had to say it. We both said it, but that's done now. Okay, okay so good. good. We're going to give our listeners the credit uh, that that they deserve of the intellectual credit that they deserve that they understand that we're not taking shots at Clark Lee. Right. The point, however, is in order to execute Marcus Freeman's defense the way that he wants to execute the defense. Right. Not better, not right. worse, just different. There has to be that aggressiveness, and we broke yep. this down before spring started when we did our how they linebackers fit into this defense. The linebackers at Cincinnati were far more productive at, at disruptive plays just facts. than the Notre Dame guys were. Yep. Again, not better, not worse, just different. Yeah. So in order to, to carry out his defense, they have to play downhill. They have to play with their hair on fire. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that. I mean, in those highlights that we had up earlier, I mean, there's there's I'm I'm see, see if I can find if this is the 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 that, that practicing. Yeah, here we go. You're gonna see Jack Kaiser in these clips. I mean, they throw a bubble screen and he is just there. That's Shane Simon right there, filling and hard. we saw that in one game from Shane Simon. That was right, it. but we've <laughs> seen that now from in multiple yes. practices, right? Where he's just flying downhill and like you know, the the running back gets the ball, he takes a couple steps, and Shane Simon's right there in his face. Right. We've seen that plenty. 
We've seen that in in we were seeing Jack Kaiser. This is a bubble screen that Jack that uh, that Clarence Lewis blows up the corner, you know. And and the reason it's a long play is because they're not allowed to tackle, right? But you know, here's another play: Bo Bauer filling hard, <clears throat> Tariq Bracy coming up. We see a play here coming up here soon where they throw another another bubble screen. I think this might be it right here. Nope, it's going to come up here in a play or two where they throw a bubble screen and Jack Kaiser just blows it up, and he's clearly coming at it from a rover position. So that's another little interesting tidbit. Yeah, we're going to get uh, to that. And, and that's what I like to see, Vince, is I like to see them attacking downhill, blowing things up. And now that there there needs to be some some soundness to it. You want to make sure that you're not being too aggressive sure. that and then you're allowing the defense or the offense to bait you. This is the this is the bubble screen. That's Jack Kaiser just blowing up, getting in the backfield, DJ Brown there to clean it up. Uh th- those are the things Vince that that you have to be careful that you're not too aggressive because then the offense sure. can say, well, we're going to run this pump and we're going to throw it over your head or we're going to hit RPOs behind you and all those kind of things. So, but it, it, that's what we say. It's an, or, it's organized chaos. It's structured chaos, right? right. Where right. It, it, with Clark Lee, it was structured aggressiveness and that's different. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's fine, but it was more of read, react, get to the ball. This is more of a read, react, get to the ball you know, real fast. I mean, you're, right. you've got to make your decisions real fast and then attack. Yeah. And it's much more uh, an attacking type of defense than what we saw before. And in order to do that, the linebackers have to be very productive. And that's something we've said from the beginning. This is going to be a very linebacker-oriented defense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the defensive backs aren't important. It doesn't. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I mean that the defensive line is important. It just means if the linebackers don't play well in this defense, they are in trouble. In Clark Lee's defense, the safeties were asked to do so much that they could kind of protect the linebackers. In this structure, it's a lot harder to do that. The linebackers are going to be asked to make a lot more plays. So let you you kind of hinted at it uh, with the Jack Kaiser at Rover reference. I do want to talk uh, a little linebacker action here from more of a personnel standpoint. We broke down what we're seeing from a schematic standpoint, but more from a personnel standpoint, uh, what are you hearing about guys in different positions and guys who are kind of standing out, et cetera, et cetera. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. 
Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Well, just the big thing is, you know, obviously Jack Kaiser playing a lot of Rover. I think that's important. I, I like that. Yeah, and, and you know, taking advantage of Paul Mawala being out. I, I think sure. the guy that right now is under the the gun the most is is Isaiah Pryor. Mm-hmm. He's he's got to prevent if he wants to play this year in anything other than like an occasional rotational role. He needs to not let Jack Kaiser get a lot of distance between him and and him and himself and Jack Kaiser, which is going to be hard to do because as as you know, you and I have talked a lot about Jack Kaiser's a really good football player. Yeah, he is. Uh, but then Paul Mawala is going to come back. And Paul Mawal is a really good football player. Sure. And Paul Mawal is a little bit more versatile than I think than Isaiah Pryor is. So it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting to see how that battle goes. But Shane Simons really looked good. We're seeing Drew White and Bo Bauer playing a lot at the mic. I mean, there's not a lot of surprises, Vince, other than mm-hmm. just Jack Kaiser playing Rover. I mean, okay. the Wills are who we thought they'd be. Uh, the Mikes are who we thought they'd be. You know, a guy that's flashed in the in the videos, and again, this may not mean anything because we only get three three minutes but a guy that I've seen make a lot of plays in the videos is J.D. Bertrand, number 27. And I'm seeing him all flying around the ball. And and I've heard some things about him in the past about how he was a smart, up-and-coming player, mm-hmm. like a slightly bigger version of Drew White kind of guy. We're seeing okay. Osita Egwanu get some snaps in these as well, which is good. So I like that they're developing that young depth. But right now, it, it seems like it is what it kind of was personnel-wise going into the spring at the right. mic and the will. The big question, however, has been – what was what would they do with Jack Kaiser? Well, that answer that's been answered so far, and that so is far, Jack yeah. Kaiser's been playing been playing Rover, which I like because he, that's just where I think he's best suited. I think he is such an athletic kid that you just need to give him more space to work with. Sure, and you know he's kind of a he's kind of a mix of Drew Tranquil and and he's not a mix. He's kind of right in between Drew Tranquil and Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. He's kind of got some of those inside linebacker instincts that Drew Tranquil had, but he's also more rangy and athletic than Drew Tranquil was. Agreed. Yep. He's a little bigger, I think, and, and able to take on blocks a little better than Jeremiah Wusukoromoa could at the same age, but he's not quite as rangy and explosive as Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is. So that's I think fair. that's why I say yeah. he's like right in between. And that's a pretty darn good football player. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Those guys are both really, really good. Yeah. And, and Drew Tranquil as a rover in 2017 had 10 tackles for loss. Yeah. So yeah. I mean he's he's a he's an outstanding football player as well. So I, I like him there, and I, I think Jack Kaiser is going to be one of those guys that you just look at and say, "Man, where'd this guy come from?" You know, well, people are say, "Oh, three star guy, in state guy, played one A football, whatever." Quarterback. I don't care about yeah. that. The, right. the guy's a fl- flipping football player, and right. and that's what matters. And and we're seeing that in these videos. I mean, he's just con- he had the interception of um, he picked off Drew Pine in practice the other day. Or he remember that one he hesitated and threw it. I believe that yeah. was Jack Kaiser that picked that off and, and took that it was, back to the house. And that was uh, out deep. That in was flat six too. I mean, yeah, that, that was, was yeah. six. Yeah, so and that's been I, good to see. I feel like I feel like Jack is is the the kind of linebacker that Marcus Freeman looks at and says, "I need to find a way to get this guy in the field." Mm-hmm. You know, because he is versatile, he is athletic, he can play in space. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. I just I just feel like. Any coach that walks into that linebacker room and then heads onto the practice field, Jack Kaiser is going to stand out. He he just mm-hmm. is, and and so I am I am I wish I could say I was surprised that he's out there making plays and he's doing his thing, um, but I'm very happy that he's getting the opportunity. And well, you just want an in-state kid to play. That's the reality. I mean, so you can say, look, Indiana football is better than all y'all thought because <laughs> that's where you well, coach. 
I mean, either no way, here is there Vince? Either way, you're looking at the rover position. <laughs> two out of the three guys from Indiana. True. So true. just true. saying, and one's from <laughs> South Bend or well, one's Granger. Walker so Granger. Yeah, even, man. even better. Absolutely. Even better. Now, I. But it, look, he. But like you, you and we both graded him out as a four-star recruit coming out of high school, Jack Kaiser. Yes. So this isn't Absolutely. a surprise. No, the only question was where would he be, be best suited. That was the only question I ever had. What right. is he a rover? Or is he an inside guy? I think last year as an inside guy, he was very productive against South Florida, but I just don't think that's a position you want him playing for 75 snaps a game. But the fact that he can play it for 15 or 20 gives you a lot of flex. To your point oh, yes. about Coach Freeman, it gives you a, a lot of flexibility. I don't know how much you wanted to line up Jeremiah Wusukormo inside. And they did it for that one game against BC, but that was a unique thing that BC hadn't prepared for. That's not something you're going to want to do week after week after week. You can do a little bit more of that with Jack Kaiser. And so yeah. I, I do like the versatility that he brings. And, you know, of course, the big question now, Vince, is the ultimate difference between Notre Dame being really good on defense, which I expect them to be, and great mm-hmm. on defense, is, is going to be what happens up front. I mean, that ultimately is what's going to be the final decision maker here. No, I agree. And I, I think it's I think there's there's talent. I think that there's versatility. Um, I like, look, we knew kind of what we thought the depth chart was going to look like going into the spring and the fact that it stayed that way. I'm, I'm fine with that. I really mm-hmm. am, especially because of what I'm seeing from Shane Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's the three minute videos, but at the same time, man, he, he has made more plays in the three minute videos than I saw him play make all last year. And I'm not being sarcastic. I I'm being truthful I, that those are facts. And so I, I'm really excited about what, Shane Simon can bring to this defense if he's not hunkered down with his brain, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like because he is so athletic and he is also very versatile. I mean, you, you can do a lot of things with Shane Simon if he's doing what he needs to do to be uh, productive on the field and you can expand mm-hmm. his role too. So um, I, I love Kaiser being on the field. I love seeing Simon make plays. I expect Drew White and Bo Bauer to make plays. That doesn't surprise me in any way. So, I mean, this linebacker group is exciting top to bottom. And, and I, again, I think they're getting, they're getting coached well and they were getting coached well before. And I, it's just, sometimes you just need a different voice. And, and for, for maybe that's for Shane Simon. I don't know. Uh, get Jack Kaiser getting an opportunity. I absolutely love it. So, you know, I'm excited where this group is headed. And I think it fits their skills. I mean, they're long range yeah. guys. They're not thumpers. I think it fits their skill. Yeah. So that, that's it for me. I want to talk some D-line, Vince. Let's talk some I D-line. I, I think that's an interesting thing for me. Well, this uh, is where D- you're going to see the most visual difference Yeah. Line in, yeah. as far as lining up. Personnel-wise, right? no yeah. question. And and we've seen a lot. We've seen, you know, we've seen Isaiah Foskey making plays. We've seen Jason Adamiola making plays. Uh, we've seen Kurt Heinisch doing his thing. The, the encouraging thing for me has been we're seeing Nano Safa Mensa flash in multiple yes. practices. We needed to see that. We yes. Talked, uh, yeah. And, and it, it, it maybe it doesn't manifest itself into 25, 35 snaps a game, but at least it could be something that gives the staff confidence. Like, look, next spring when Myron's gone and J- Justin's going into his fifth year, now all of a sudden he becomes a, a key part of the rotation. And then in 2022 or whatever, 23 or whatever, I mean, he now becomes a starter. It, 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 that's encouraging because I liked yeah. him coming out of high school. I just sure. – was wrong. Is he, is he a viper? Is, or right. is, at the time, was a drop? Is he a drop? Is he a big guy? He's kind of got a drops body, but the game of a strong side is really what it boils down to. But then he was hurt this year as a redshirt freshman, and 
it just stunted his growth. So to see him coming off the ball quick, exploding off the ball, using his hands, beating, and a couple of snaps, he wasn't beating like, you know, like the walk on left tackle or something like that. He was beating Josh Lug on one of those snaps. Yeah. We've seen Jordan Batelho flash as a pass rusher as well in a couple snaps, you know, and so those are the things that, that you see. Uh, actually, no, I think it was, I think it might have been uh, Tosh Baker that he beat. And okay. then he beat Blake Fisher once, who we're hearing really good things about on offense. So I really like the fact that we're seeing Nana flash and make plays. And I hope he can continue to build that confidence and, and give them just another big body that they can go out there and, and go to battle with. Well, and, and and depth has been what has made this defensive line so good. And the fact that they're going to a three-down look, I think is only going to help the depth uh, a little bit because you're going to be able to rotate guys in there. But you're going to see some four-down looks. Yeah, and, and the three-down look is, again, they're, they're going to base themselves out of a four-down defense in 2021. Right. But our point is that they're just going to do a lot more three-down than they have in the past. So right. the four-down is still going to be the base of who they are. But if you don't have the versatility correct, at the big end in the Viper to, to be in a three-down out of your four-down personnel, then what you're going to do for the offense is they're going to have a GA or somebody or you know running backs coach on the sideline, and they're basically going to yell out what Notre Dame's personnel is when they come out to a series. And then they're going to know what to expect. Whereas if you can come out in sort of a, a four-three personnel, which means four-down linemen, two inside backers, and then your rovers like a Jack Kaiser – and then you can play a three-three-five behind that. It makes you so much more versatile. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know, one of the things we talked about, like with Jordan Patelho, for example, and Isaiah Foskey's not this guy, uh, but you look at Jordan Patel, Will Schweitzer, the freshman, won't be doing that in twenty twenty-one. But his skill set, right? Those are guys that I thought could have played linebacker, especially Jordan Patel. I was like, hey, this guy could play Mike linebacker in college. Now, if a guy like him, when he's in the game. You you really have some flexibility with what you can Correct. do. So that to your point, that's what, what why it's important these guys step up because having these D tackles that can play five techniques. So Jason mm-hmm. Adamiola, Riley Mills, they can play five technique. We've seen them in drills in these videos playing five technique against the Cans. If they can't do that, then it makes it harder to be a three three a team that lines up in a three down look. Same thing is true of the big ends. If the big ends, like if if Justin Adamiola and Myron Tungavaloa, we know he can do it because he's done it for years but and nana if those guys can not only play seven and nine techniques which means lining up somewhere on the tackle right. or i mean the tight end if they can't also play in a five technique which means over the tackle even if there's a tight end in the game then it makes a it, it makes you less flexible out of you have to now sub your personnel right to get and, into those looks and that's where you start giving deep hey look so and so's in the game that means they're going to be in this sure and, and that's why it's important that those guys be be able to establish that level of of flexibility more so i'd say that's probably a better word than diversity it's just being flexible within your job being able to do all the different things that you're going to be asked to do the more guys that can do it all it's like we talked it's great that marcus freeman's defense is such that he can take a guy that's more of a niche player and use him there but it's always better if you have guys can do a lot of different things sure no question you don't have to sub then you can do all of it and it just makes you harder to prepare for. And that and that's a key, Brian, because there's going to be teams that want to go tempo on you, and they're going to want to be fast. And if you don't have to sub, 
you're, you know, that just makes you that much right. better on defense because you're not worried about getting packages in and out. Right. You can just change on the fly. You can right. go from a three front to a four front to, you know, you can do all of these different things. Again, you can start messing back. with the offense too, Vince. Absolutely. It's not just, I mean, the tempo part's like point one, right? That's yes. point one. You have to be able to handle tempo because a lot of teams are going to do that now. And if you can't handle tempo or if you're a team that has to sub as much as, you, you know, we're talking about in this example of guys can't can only do like one thing really well. Right. Then it, it they say, hey, look, we got them on first down. Like they came out and they're in this personnel that we want to attack. So guess what? You, they, immediately that's being yelled up to the offensive yep. coordinator. Well, not yelled up. It's not high school. It's being <laughs> talked into the mic. It hey, look, cool. they're in, you know, so-and-so's on the field or they're in this personnel. Right. And maybe it's not the personnel grouping, but of certain players on the field that is a niche player. Hey, this guy's on the field. We have a package that we want to attack him with. Correct. Let's go tempo so they can't get him off the field. Right. Next thing you know, they ran five plays on you, and you know, for 75 yards and a touchdown in, in like 47 seconds. Yeah. You know, I mean, of, of game time. I mean, that, that's kind of where you can be, you can get yourself in some trouble against tempo teams. But if you have enough flexibility at other places, Gee. then you can then protect that guy. Yep. And so that's what we talk. That's why when we focus on this, versatility and this flexibility within the structure of the system itself but then having players that can then do multiple things right is the difference between you have a really good defense and you have an elite defense that can help you win championships and and that's what we're seeing and, and we it's easier to do that in the secondary at linebacker i think what makes this notre dame roster different and why i have said and it's it's probably an unfair statement to make because of how good recent defensive lines have been but it's why I've said I think this could end up being Notre Dame's best defensive line. Again, it's long way to go, and that may be an unfair sure. projection because that 2018 defensive line was so good. Right. Last year's defensive line was so good. Uh, the 2012 and the 2015 defensive lines were so good. But I like the, the bodies that this group can throw, but it's also that flexibility. This is a far more versatile group of players than what – even the 2018 line was right. And and that's, that's something that I really yeah. like it, yep. not that what the 2018 defense could have been. It's what it was like. Jerry Tillery could have played five tech. Jerry Tillery would have been a monster in this defense. Sure. I mean, a, he was pretty flipping good in Clark Lee's defense. It's just, <laughs> it's just what he wasn't asked to do some of that stuff, but there were times when we, he'd play over five technique, but I think that's what I like about this defense is it, it does fit. The, the nice thing is, is yes, it's a defensive coordinator is going to fit his system around what the players can do, but it's better when a new defensive coordinator steps into a system and inherits a roster that has guys that fit what he does already. And I think that's the unique thing about what, what Notre Dame has built defensively is this is going to be, a, and we talked about this early in the spring, Vince, this is going to be a smooth transition for a lot of Notre Dame players because they already kind of fit. And in fact, some right. of these guys are going to be enhanced because of the change. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's where I get excited about this defense as a chance to be, to be even better than what it's been in recent years, which is pretty freaking good. I was going to say that the bar is already very, oh, it's very incredibly high. high. If you're a top 25 <laughs> defense this year, if you're Marcus right. Freeman, it's like, ah, uh, he wasn't as good as Clark Lee. Right. I mean, right. If you're a top 20 defense, it may, it, you know, I mean, last year's team, last couple games took a, a bit of a step back, but I mean, Notre Dame in the last three years, in my opinion, just overall has been a top 10 to 12 defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's the standard. Now, right. now we're talking about can Marcus Freeman take them to that next level, that top five, that top three, to where they're truly an elite defense, which then 
starts taking some of the pressure off the offense's need to score 45 points a game, which is what, you know, or 40 points a game, which is what a lot of people are doing. It's going to be hard to do that against the Bamas and the Clemsons, but that's what they're going to have to do unless the offense can, can figure it out. And sounds like it's at least starting to figure that out. At least Brian Kelly's starting to figure out that that's we'll needed. See. And I just want to be clear, Brian, this defense has been a championship caliber defense for a while three years. now, three I mean, years at three least, years. right? So th- this has been it just the offense has has lagged behind. And, and mm-hmm. if the offense can get even closer, this defense has the chance to be even better next year and moving forward, which is saying a lot because they have been championship caliber. But if they can they take that next step and the offense can get just, just take another step, you know? Yeah. Now, we want the offense to take more than just another step. But if the offense can take another step, the defense takes another step, they're going to be that much more dangerous. Yeah, the this off- is going to be a great team. The offense needs to take like five steps. They, they do. They but do. to your point about the defense, Notre Dame's defense has been good enough to win a championship if you can have an, an, an offense that's as good as some of those other teams. Correct. I don't think the defense has been good enough to win you a championship. And, and that's where we're coming from because the reality is the Notre Dame offense is so much further away than those teams. The defense mm-hmm. has to be even better. Mm-hmm. And and that's the pressure that's on this group. Yeah. And and it, it gets down to okay, can you force more turnovers? Can you make more negative plays? Can you do the things that can get that that offense off the field? Which for a half against Clemson in 2018, they did. They did right. just that. It wasn't until Julian Love got hurt and Clemson scored like you know two touchdowns in a in a minute and a half that broke that game open. It was a 93 game when Julian Love got hurt. Right. And and they were harassing. That, I mean, they was, were oh, harassing yes. Trevor Lawrence the whole first half. Clemson couldn't really get the run game going. They couldn't get the vertical passing game going. You know, they had a they had a, a break where they recovered a fumble and they had a couple big plays here and there, which they're gonna get. But 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 again, to do that for 60 minutes is impossible. Right. At least the way that they've played. And so that's what we talk about is they got to get, if they want to get to that elite level where maybe they can win a championship with defense because they're able to force turnovers and things like that. Right. Then they, then there's another level to get to. I think the key is, is that if the offense can get on the level that the defense is now, <clears throat> then Notre Dame's going to be really, I mean, they can win a championship. No doubt. If the defense can get even to that, that, uh, an even better level, then, then that's going to make it even, even better more exciting and and give and make the margin for error on offense even wider because right now there, there's or excuse me the margin for error on defense even wider if the right. offense can take those steps exactly because then the offense the defense doesn't have to be perfect i mean you know i mean you're you're beating louisville 12 to 7 that's not because of the offense right no, i mean you're 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 scoring 27 points against duke 31 <laughs> against georgia tech those are mediocre scoring numbers against those teams now Based on what you know, you listened to the podcast yesterday, Vince. You heard mm-hmm. the comments that Brian Kelly made. I'm encouraged by those comments to a degree. Part of yeah. me says, um, why did it take you this long to figure that out? We've been talking about this for two years. Right. But whatever. I'm just glad that he made it. What's funny is some of the reactions to it. Like what the funny part about what he said though, and I didn't talk about this in the show because I tried to keep that, you know, positive, but it's his comment about, well, we, we, we knew we had a really good offensive line and quarterbacks. And they see some people just eat that up like, well, yeah, that's why. That was even more reason to be a better, yes. you know what I mean? Because you had the veteran leadership that you needed right. in the playing. <laughs> <laughs> How, but whatever. The, the key point is, is that he figures mm-hmm. it out. Yes. And it sounds and he, like when so he started far, talking about, yeah, when he started talking about the fact that, hey, we need, we need to focus on scoring more points 
you know, that's what the spring and the fall is going to be all about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're standing up giving like, we're clapping. We're all excited. Like, thank you. You finally figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's got to put his money where his mouth is. We need to see it. We have seen some of the stuff. And I mean, we saw the RPO the other day. We did. uh, And I have confirmed it was not an April fool's joke geared towards us. Uh, (laughs) They are actually doing some RPOs in practice. Uh, they're throwing a mess load of deep balls in practice, yes, which we've seen on, on the videos. And yes, they have. And, and so those are the things that are encouraging to see. Now, will he go kind of halfway or is he just, is it all in now? You right. know, Hey, we got to score 40 plus a game. And I hope that it is. I hope that he, he looks at it and says, you know what, man, you know how I got to Notre Dame. You know what got me here? This is what got me here. Exactly. We're going to push the tempo. We're going to be explosive. We're going to be innovative and we're going to score a mess load of points. And I hope he goes back then. I don't care what – look, people – look, the guys in Indy Nation are going to criticize Brian Kelly no matter what he does. Right? He could win a title, and it's – well, he didn't win by as many points in the championship game as right. the won against West Virginia, so it doesn't count. You know? Right, right. Um, it counts. Like, some people are just not going to give him credit no matter what. Uh, you know, that's just the reality of it. But if he really wants to win over the, the 99.9% of the fan base that are actually sane and rational, then the way to do that is to win a championship. Right. And the way to win a championship is to get into the modern game and go back to being the guy that got you here. Brian Mm -hmm. Kelly didn't get here because he was a ball control, conservative, ground and pound coach. He was never that guy. That's right. That's not why he won two back to back national championships at Grand Valley State while averaging over 50 points per game. Right. He would have won three straight championships if Kurt Ains doesn't get hurt. And I think it was a second round playoff game of the 20, 2001 season. That might have been his best team, but the quarterback got hurt. Right. And then the, the, the coach that led Cincinnati to almost 40 points a game in an era where that meant they ranked fourth. I think Cincinnati ranked fourth in scoring in 09 in Brian Kelly's uh, last year at Cincinnati. I'm actually going to look that up now. I'm pretty sure that that's where they ranked. So 2009, Cincinnati ranked fourth. And the only there was only one power five team that would have been ahead of them. That was Texas. Houston and, and Boise State were at 42.2 each. Texas was at 39.3, and Cincinnati was at 38.6. That was back in 09. This year, 38.6 ranks 15th. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a little bit different. You but the you're point not in the 46, is 46, 47, 48 range. You're the not gonna rules be the top have changed three. since 09, which right. which adds even uh, the ability to score even more points. Right. And but the point is Brian Kelly. And keep in mind, he also lost a starting quarterback for four games that year, True. too. And so the, the point is, Brian Kelly got here because of being that guy. Now, I love the fact that the defense has been built up. But the good news is, is, is uh, hey, look, the defense is already there. You know, Absolutely. just, ma- You've just got maintain, just yes. maintain what you're doing. Yep. But if Marcus Freeman gets him even better, That's- and maybe they can force more turnovers or maybe make more negative plays. Right. And the offense takes a jump, you know, where maybe they can score 27 to 30 points in a playoff game against Clemson or Alabama. Right. That could be good enough to get it done. Agreed. Or if the defense can just make a big play or two to force a turnover or two, now you can get up to 34 and win the game. The offense capitalizes on it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So that's the exciting thing. So anyway, yeah. so that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, Vince, I got some good news. You and I were talking today. You will be back on the live, uh, yes. the live mailbag podcast on Friday. So I'm wow. very excited about that. It was not nearly as much fun without you. <laughs> it's my favorite day of the week, yes. man. So, 
uh, you're going to have to go talk to your upcoming Friday baseball opponents, and you're going to have to do some rescheduling of those games because we can't have you not on the live podcast Agreed. anymore, man. We've got to have you there. So anyway, that. so that, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, Vince D'Addario, uh, thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. That's our football analyst at Bloomingo Illustrated. I'm Brian Driscoll. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button if you're listening on YouTube and hit that notifications bell. Share this podcast so that way other Notre Dame fans can have a chance that you know can have a chance to see it. If you're listening on a podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Irish Breakdown podcast on whatever platform you use. Give us a five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate that. And, of course, as always, check out our content at irishbreakdown.com. So for Vince and the entire Irish Breakdown staff, because it's now not just not me just and you, us. Vince. It's not just us. That's right. Um, uh, thank you for being with us. Have a great, great rest of your week. And as always, we will talk to you again very, very soon. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.